Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Lockhart bringing you Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm really happy to be back after a little bit of a hiatus, and I'm really excited about um, who we have on the show today. So I'm going to introduce to you Emma Eden Ramos. She's here with the Marymount Manhattan Review. Emma, so glad to have you guys with us. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Um, so, yeah, we're going to um, – I'm here right now with the Marymount Manhattan Review, which is a publication that comes out once a year from Marymount Manhattan College. And it's a journal that is run by students. And uh, each year, um, students from the school submit poetry, nonfiction, and fiction pieces. And we have an editorial team. And we meet and discuss the poems and work that's submitted. And we pick what we think are the best works, and then we publish them once a year, generally in May. And so our next, uh, our, I think the journal is, uh, the next edition is coming out in, in May. Next week, probably. Yeah. Great. Um, tell, us, yeah. Um, tell us who you have with you, and then let's start with a poem. And so first we have Lisa Lone, who is a Boston native and theater major and creative writing minor, and she's going on to get her MFA in poetry from the new school. And so she's going to read her poem titled Escape Artist. Escape Artist. When by association I started to taste the gunmetal myself, I wanted to fill my mouth dry with sand and sawdusted Valium. Rather than replaying that end of all views on our family's back porch, I sought familiar in a friend's rented queen bed on the second floor of a rented cottage. Being older, I counted on her to already have bagels toasted and misogynistic passages of the Bible highlighted for me, teaching me defiance bright yellow. Her embarrassing moment this week was telling some guy on the beach his shirt brought out his eyes. The shirt was white and the compliment made no sense, and she was really used to being clever, so she talked about it for two days and renounced white t-shirts for the rest of the summer. We went into the ocean during a storm and took our bathing suits off because no one was tanning in the mud. I swam through a crushing fear of Thunder's Revolutionary War cannons on my battleground home, like the fear was now simply a side order. The weeks before, I spent north and in movie theaters, avoiding the real kind of screaming we'd all have to really think about in a year or two when we suddenly woke up to it or from it. I finished a book on the car ride and felt mentally carsick, as Holden matched madness for madness with the suicide of the summer months. The back cover stared up from the car floor. We snuck out an hour before sunrise, walking to the beach, total black with booze, feeling like evidence later to be caution taped in the sand. A liquor dipped danger, exciting. We stepped on the cold sands like night pavement, searching for the sea with ears, tripping over a couple sprawled naked on a blanket. Dark beach lit a flame with embarrassment and terminated foreplay. Our own blanket spread, only hearing the waves, not seeing them. We drank to the cold sand in the blankness. We were in the first town over the border, a selfish enough distance to not have to hear the phone ring. Her, slow motion like mashed potatoes, inhaling everything at once and still keeping beat with the music in the background. The arcades could be seen if you squinted. And I was racked with how young 23 was and how sad some New York boys are. And I learned what a trick ending really feels like when you fully trusted the narrator. Thank you, Lisa. That's a wonderful poem. Um, Thank you. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um, what inspired it for you. 
Uh, sure, yeah. Um, uh, this one, I think, was inspired by revisiting an old uh, childhood vacation spot and mm -hmm. kind of dealing with adult issues while still kind of hiding out and escaping in that place that kind of uh, you always associate with being a child and not really having any worries, but for the first time kind of realizing there's like issues outside of that place and not really being able to hide there anymore as you get older, just how that changes. It's interesting to me because, um, you know, you guys working on this review, uh, you know, that magazine is a big undertaking and it's, a, and it's an adult undertaking. I mean, you have to make hard decisions about what goes in and what doesn't, how to do things, editing and, it's not it's not trivial work. It's it's real time work. And I wonder um what you bring into that job as writers that, that enhances or informs your decision as editors and possibly even maybe some of you for the first time or maybe you've done this before at other in other venues, but what, what kind of makes it work for you as a writer to be able to create such a wonderful publication for so many other people? Um, well, one thing that uh, we do is that because many of us know each other since we've taken creative writing classes together, what we do is we, when we look at the works that we receive, they're anonymous, so we take the names off of the publication so that no one really knows whose poem is whose, or, and so that way we can be completely objective, which is really helpful, especially in you know, being critical and making sort of decisions and being able to say what we feel about the poem without necessarily, well, knowing whose poem it is and, um, you know, whose, whose feelings might be hurt or who might be, you know, excited or, you know, um, so that's, that's definitely helpful. Here's you, Cody. Um, yeah, Cody, hi, good to have you. Um, Hello, thank you for having us. Um, well, something I think that helps us as being writers and on the editorial board is that when we go through the process after the selection, we're going through the copy edits, um, especially for the, the poetry section, because there are a lot of poets on the board, is that we understand it's not, when we're doing the copy edits, it's not just about placing a comma here and what works and what doesn't. It's more about the craft, and we understand the different craft elements and what... Um, what would modify the poem and what changes it. So I think as writers and as editors on this board, I think that's one of the major elements that we bring into it. So that actually brings me to another question that I have for you, which is about the craft. You know, you, you're all studying writing and you're, you're expressive, so you're actually writing yourselves, and, and this is not new terrain for any of you. Um, what is your approach to craft? How do you perfect it? What do you find to be useful in, in getting to the, the place in a poem where craft is what you are really focused on and it's not in the way of what the reader is getting? Hi, I'm Sally. I I think that for me it's workshops are really helpful because I might write a poem and my, I might think I have a lot of similes in here, the similes are great, and then I bring it into class and the class might say, the similes aren't working, but I love your alliteration. So I think having a group where you can put forward constructive criticism about craft is a really helpful way because just me looking at the craft of my poetry isn't going to help me as much as having five or six other people edit it with me. Right. The, um, the, the editing work itself 
is probably also, I would imagine, enhanced by the workshop experience because you learn how to critique others' work as well as to take the criticism yourself. And it's always useful to be on, to have had some receiving end experience when you're delivering that to to a writer. I, <laughs> I know myself. <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> Let's hear another poem. Okay, this is uh, Church by uh, Layla Hansen, and she is a creative writing minor and communications major. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Church. We had mass on Sunday morning. Your gold cross burned into my inner thigh, and I sighed prayers hushed by your tangled sheets. The blister marred a teeth-printed map, like X means treasure if you squint a bit. Devout hands unveiled mysteries and trickled fingerprints down candlelock skin. Braided limbs, clumsy and full-like, music box spin until we can't peel apart. We melted our humid bodies into a grail. Daybreak shone through your broken blinds, printing Picasso saints on puckered duvets. Kaleidoscopes spiraled off your necklace, stamping the little teas found above altars in sun-stared green around your room. Pour wine on our lips, a crit on your tongue, that minutes ago rambled the cathedral in my ear. Let's build our own babble no tower can reach. Pillows and quilts make impenetrable walls. We'll hang your chained cross from a nail until maybe we figured out the worth of worship. When it fell past bedpost, our fortress crumbled into fingers, drafting strategies with blueprint fingernails and tattoos decorating your collarbone, directing attention to the refastened gold. Thank you for sharing that. It's also beautiful. I um I want to ask you guys about the discipline of writing, and do you take mm-hmm. a, a disciplined approach to like making sure you carve out time for writing and or editing in the same way every day or a set time per week, or do you wait for inspiration to strike? Hi, it's Layla again. Um, me personally, I definitely try to write every day, and I've been trying to do that for years because the only way you I believe that you can get better as a writer is if you write every day. Um, and it does help that I take two poetry classes. So it's it's not like I'm forced <laughs> to write one class, but it's definitely an incentive to get work submitted in time for a grade. But um, even before that, it's just like I'm really sensitive to new environments. And when I travel or in a new environment or anything like that, that's definitely when I write the most. So I try to go to different places every day. Just at least get a paragraph down of anything, whether it be a poem or just a short, simple, like even a little journal entry, just anything to get my mind flowing. So that way I have thoughts written on paper that I could turn into lines later on in a different poem. I like that you're in tune with your own creative process enough to understand that being in a new space makes a difference in in what you're producing. But I think it takes writers sometimes a long time to figure those things out. So you're like totally ahead of the game there, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) What about the rest of you? Do you have similar approaches or do you do things differently? Um, This is Cody again. For me, it's, it's hard. I it's hard for me to develop a habit of disciplining myself and sitting down every day and writing. Um, my particular, I tend towards the creative nonfiction style of writing, um, and so because of that, I try my hardest to write in a journal every day. Like I carry, I carry it in my backpack, and you know when stuff happens, I try to write it down and remember it. Um, and then with poetry, poetry is something that I. I don't try to discipline myself in writing. It's 
when I have that inspiration, when I have this idea, I I try to jot down these quick ideas because for me poetry is something that's very much in tune with more so with emotion. Um, so whenever mm-hmm. I whenever I have these feelings or these different emotions, I try to get them down on the paper and then shape them into a poem. Do you find, Cody, that the editing process is a little easier to be more, you know, disciplined about, or is that also something that you find um, you, it needs to be inspiration-based when the moment hits? Um, the editing process for me is is more disciplined. I think it's mm-hmm. getting that inspiration and getting the ideas of what to write is, is harder for me to discipline. Um, more often than not, I'm finding that it's just in the moment. Um but the editing process is once you know once I have this down, I can rework it and figure out where everything belongs and how it should be put together. Um, we are rapidly running out of time, <laughs> as happens always. Um, the the next thing I would like to do is I would like to hear the final poem. Um, this poem is called Five, and it's by Cody. And Cody is actually the winner of the Joseph Clancy Award. Um, and that w- award is given out every year to a particular po- poet. And his poem, Five, uh, won the award this year. Cody, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Five. He wanders aimlessly between ventures, unable to find what will come next. It's like the moment when you watch your changing reflection in the, wi- in the windows of the speeding train cars. With the bleeding heart of a liberal and a humanities degree in his arsenal, he is one New York cliche after another. He is a writer and he is living for the experience, doing it for the memoir. His mother and father feel obligated to support his lifestyle of delusion. He is freelancing his life away, selling essays and editing for second-rate outlets, doing soul-sucking work to not make ends meet. He is 25. He gets on a train racing into Manhattan over the bridge in a straight line. Looking out of the small rectangle window of the train, he watched the city race by as his still reflection. Race by his still reflection. Swiping his credit card, his parents' palms no longer burned with guilt. He got out of the cab in front of his office building at Four Times Square. He has a desk and works with a team. 25 years old and he has achieved mild success. Still, though, he is one New York cliche after another. <laughs> It's another wonderful poem. I want to um, commend all of you for the caliber of your work and for your dedication to the um, the mission of literature and for being a part of keeping it alive and making it available to people who both write it and read it. Um, if you could all like just tell us real briefly what your plans are coming up. I mean, you're in school now, but that won't last forever. So tell us what you want to do. Read my poem. <laughs> Well, this is Emma, and I graduate um, in May, and I am actually working, I'm going to be working at my favorite bookstore, which to me is actually kind of a dream job, (laughs) and I'm going to continue to write fiction and hopefully just make it work. Submitting Um, like like crazy. Submitting like crazy. And just hoping that it turns out. <laughs> well, I wish you guys tremendous success. I'm glad that you took time out of your day to be part of the show. And um, I want readers and listeners, listeners to become readers of your work and to seek out more information about the Marymount Manhattan Review. And each of you, as particular um, individual writers on your own, 
Um, please search these people out and find their wonderful work and support them. This is what we're here for. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you have a great day, and tune in next time. We'll have another uh, wonderful episode coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you.